Good afternoon. Welcome to the Econews Report, KHSU's weekly program covering environmental issues that matter most on the North Coast and in our bioregion. I'm your host this week, Jennifer Kalt, Director of Humboldt Baykeeper, and my guests are Joe Tabersi and Alderon Laird, who are here to talk about the 2019 Humboldt Bay Symposium, which will be held at the Werfinger Building in Eureka on April 11th and 12th. Thank you so much for being on the Econews Report today. Thanks for having us, Jen. So before we get started, I want to acknowledge the passing of Charlie Butterworth, who died on March 20th, and he has been a really important person to Baykeeper, a champion of Baykeeper since the beginning of the organization, and also a really good friend and just all-around heart of gold, wonderful person who many of you know through various community events. And, you know, he was a a member of the Arcata Chamber of Commerce. He was at every farmer's market, every barn dance, every Arts Alive, Arts Arcata, every social gathering in the community, Charlie would be there. And he is going to be very missed by many, many people and by me. I wrote a, a piece in the in the current Eco News that just came out about Charlie and posted on our Facebook page as well. So thanks for all the great laughs is what I would say if he was here now. He was just always smiling, always laughing, and made everybody around him laugh too. Great person. I also want to say before we get started that this Saturday will be the 12th annual Humboldt State University California Indian Big Time and Social Gathering. That's going to be at the HSU West Gym Saturday, April 6th from 11 to 6 p.m. And we'll post information with links on the archive page of the show so people can go find out more. But it's basically, it's free, it's open to the public, and it's a great opportunity to learn more about the cultures and the people who are really important players at Humboldt State University and our local tribal members or who work with local tribes. And Humboldt State University is a really important school for tribal members because we are living on the lands of the three biggest tribes in California. Specifically, the Wiat tribe is where Humboldt State University is located, but the Karuk, Yurok, and Hoopa tribes are the three biggest tribes in the state. And so Humboldt State has a lot of tribal members who are students here and So it's a great opportunity, social event, lots of ceremonial dance demonstrations. There will be vendors, there will be lots of activities. And if you want to learn more about the local tribes, it's a great way to just come and meet people and learn about their culture and what they are doing now to protect the environment. Because the local tribes are really important players in protecting Humboldt Bay, Klamath River, the Eel River, local salmon, lamprey, all kinds of important traditional basket weaving plants and so on. So they're really important allies for us. And there will be some people representing tribes at the symposium. Yep. So before we get started talking about the symposium, why don't you each do just a brief intro about who you are and why you're involved with the Humboldt Bay Symposium. And Joe, why don't you go first? Okay. Yeah, I'm Joe Taberzi with California Sea Grant Extension. California Sea Grant Extension is a organization. My, my home institution is at UC San Diego, but I'm also an adjunct at Humboldt State. But Sea Grant's role is to connect academic ocean science with 
the communities and stakeholders that rely on marine resources, and that's kind of all of us. So fishermen, as well as people who enjoy the ocean for recreation and 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 inspiration. So it's it's a pretty pretty broad charge, and it's nice to be involved in both research, but also education and outreach. Yeah. So so because of that. I am involved with organizing the Humble Bay Initiative, which is a collaborative group of, of stakeholders and scientists and managers, nonprofits, kind of a, a wide cross-section of, of environmental experts and, and professionals that work on doing ecosystem-based management and remaining aware of what each other are doing. So, so because of that, coordinating the Humble Bay Symposium is kind of a natural, natural thing for the Humble Bay Initiative to be doing. Yeah, and I would just add the Humboldt Bay Initiative has just been such a fantastic way for people to sort of cross-pollinate amongst all the different sciences. You know, when we first started getting together, it was kind of mind-boggling how many people are working on Humboldt Bay who weren't actually even aware of each other's work. So it's been really a great way to get together and talk about and learn from each other. So Aldron... I'm Alderon Laird, and I'm the co-chair of Humboldt State University's Sea Level Rise Initiative. Our chair is Lori Richmond, and I've been working on Humboldt Bay for the last three or four decades, doing restoration activities, historical research, and most recently, the last eight years or so, studying sea level rise and how it might manifest and impact Humboldt Bay. So that's been my area of interest, and that's why I'm involved. Great. So why don't we talk about the symposium a little bit? There's going to be a big focus on sea level rise, but why don't you just give the listeners an overview of the symposium and what to expect? Okay. Well, since you mentioned the tribes, the symposium will kick off with a brief introduction by me and then be followed by a, a welcome from Ted Hernandez with the Wiat tribe in acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, as you say, we all live in their traditional land and where we're meeting at the Warfinger Building is part of the, the ancestral territory of the, the Wiat tribe. So, But for the, the sea level rise session, which is the first, first thing we kick off the symposium on Thursday morning with a sea level rise session, Alderaan's been the one organizing it, so I think I should let him. Okay. The, the theme, actually, for the, the symposium is rising to the challenges of climate change, and our, our poster photograph is actually an image of Tulawa at the World Renewal Ceremonial Site for the Wiat tribe. During a king tide, it's about a foot and a half to two feet is what it illustrates. So we're very much, I think, rooting all of our study and perspective with the Wiat and their homeland and how we're going to go forward and adapt to changing environment. So the sea level rise session, we have six different speakers. We're going to kick off with Hank Seaman with Humboldt County Public Works, who's going to talk about a brand new project that's just now unfolding on looking at sea level rise adaptation planning for the Eureka Slough hydrologic area that's between our Eureka and Arcata and Caltrans I think is the funding agency for that and then next we'll have Andrea Picard with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service who's going to share some really innovative research that her team have been doing for the last several years and are doing for another couple more years on dune vulnerability and adaptation in response to sea level rise and climate change and then we'll have Jenny Curtis with the U.S. Geologic Service will share her research on fine sediment supply and accretion of salt marsh in response to sea level rise, and that will focus on the Humble Bay area. So why don't you explain what salt marsh accretion is? 
Well, when the tides come in and out twice a day, they bring suspended sediment, and those suspended sediments wash over the salt marsh, and they settle out, and they help build up the surface elevation of salt marsh. So as water level goes up, the salt marsh rises and matches the water level as long as there's an adequate sediment supply. And so what she was looking at, would the salt marsh be able to respond to sea level rise by raising elevation in place or would it actually drown and have to migrate inland to higher elevation areas inland so she's trying to figure out what were the sediment accretion rates now and what mm-hmm. they might be in the future and, and how well our salt marsh is responding to that right so it's a it's a quite different way of talking about sediment than people are used to because we typically think of it as a negative in our Humboldt Bay tributaries and other streams on the north coast because it negatively impacts salmon in particular. It's, it makes their spawning grounds choked with basically soil, the fine soil particles from all the timberlands and, and landslides and stuff. So their eggs have a hard time breathing, their, the juveniles have a hard time seeing to eat and that sort of thing. And so all of our streams are considered impaired by sediment. But in Humboldt Bay, which is not considered impaired by sediment, it can actually be a beneficial thing in terms of helping the salt marshes move upward with as the sea rises. In fact, if we if the water levels start increasing in the rate of going up too fast, then there's not enough sediment supply for the salt marsh to grow in place and it would actually drown and then become mudflat because it would be inundated for a longer and longer period of time. So knowing the sediment accretion rates is real important that if the salt marsh has to move in response to sea level rise, we need to protect those areas where the salt marsh would move into so they would have the opportunity to do that. If we build up all the shoreline and they have nowhere to move, we would lose that component of the bay. Right, right, especially with all the dikes and levees that would basically stop it in its tracks from moving inland. Tidal barriers. Okay. After that, we'll have a presentation by Adam Cantor with the Wiat tribe on his research in ethnobotany at sea level. That's research and conservation of Wiat traditional cultural plants. And then we'll go on to an interesting talk of Bob Merrill, the regional manager for the Coastal Commission. We'll talk about Coastal Commission guidance for sea level rise adaptation planning in the context of Humboldt Bay. That will be very interesting because the county, Humboldt County, is working on their their updated coastal planning documents that will incorporate sea level rise adaptation policies, right? So As what are we going Eureka to do? And Arcata too, right. all three of them. And so I'm really glad that Bob was willing and, and interested in, in approaching this subject for us. I think it's going to be very interesting to hear, and hopefully the discussion will be interesting too. And then lastly, Juliet Hart with the U.S. Geologic Service will come up and introduce to us the coastal storm modeling system that they have implemented in California, starting down in Southern California and San Diego. They've worked all the way up the coast to Point Arena now, where they have this online web presence of modeling program that gives you water elevations for sea level rise, as well as storm run-up and other storm-related flooding events and bluff retreat, just a whole host of information. And the last region to be tackled is the North Coast. And so she'll be coming up to let people know what the program is and when it will be implemented. But 
working with the local engineers and scientists that we have on Humboldt Bay. They'll be integrating our information and then making it, like I said, much more easily available to the general public and for other practitioners. And that will be really interesting to anyone who owns property near the coast or the bay, since the FEMA flood maps don't incorporate sea level rise yet. And so thinking in terms of, I get calls from people who say, I own a house near Jane's Creek, you know, near the bay, and should I count on my daughter not inheriting this house? How do I even know? Mm-hmm. And so I've sent maps to the to people who call, but there's not a lot publicly available for people to explore. So this will be really interesting to help people think in those terms. I think it'll be valuable because it'll be inundation maps that are released by the federal government, you know, to help with flood hazard mitigation planning. It's going to integrate the hydrodynamic models that were developed by Jeff Anderson. So it'll be specific to Humboldt Bay. And so I think it'll be a real valuable tool for everybody. They'll have one place to go with as an authoritative of a map of what potentially could be inundated as anywhere, and it'll help us with our planning. All right, so that's the first half of Thursday. That'll be the the morning session on Thursday, April 11th. So, Joe, why don't you tell us about the afternoon on Thursday, April 11th? Yep. Just as a quick plug, we will provide lunches both days, so that's included with your registration. So after a delicious (laughs) lunch. We'll kick off the second session of Thursday, which focuses on restoration. And we'll start off with talking about water rights petition on the Mad River. And that'll be presented by Sherry Wu with the Humboldt Bay Municipal Water District. That's my old hunting grounds. (laughs) Yes. We have a water right that included delivering water to the mills, which aren't there anymore. And the district is looking at dedicating a portion of that water right to the river and keeping it in the river. So. Right, to making sure that there's water for the fish right. and then ecosystem instead of and just human users. It's never been done. A water district has never tried to do that, so we're breaking new ground. <laughs> yeah. What a forward-thinking approach. That um, will be really interesting. Then we'll have Emily Benby with the city of Arcata will uh, present on restoration in the Jacoby Creek watershed. And then Miles Slattery with the city of Eureka will talk about work in the Palco Marsh to get rid of this invasive reed, Phragmites, and then another, followed by another talk about invasives by Joel Gerwein with the California Coastal Conservancy that'll look at work on eradicating Spartina, which is this cord grass that's a real problem throughout the Bay, and that's a, presenting on a 10-year 10 10-year 10 effort that's ongoing. Wow, it's been 10 years? That's, wow. that's what the t- title of his talk says, I, so I believe it. That's amazing. <laughs> so that Spartina or cordgrass eradication, if people have seen where the salt marshes, like along Highway 101 and other parts of the bay, are basically getting weed whacked by people with with big weed whackers with circular saw blades, and you'll see them out there sometimes in the mud spraying up 20 feet. That's what they're doing. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to eradicate the bay of this invasive Chilean cordgrass. Yep, and it's, it's a real problem. And in places where it's been allowed to continue growing up in some estuaries in Washington, it can choke off bays. It, you know, it keeps, just keeps encroaching and encroaching. It builds and builds. So it's not something we want to allow happen here. So it is good that they're doing that. I guess I'll just make a quick plug that Joel Gerwine with the Coastal Conservancy has been a excellent partner in helping us up here get resources for a lot of restoration efforts, ecosystem restoration. This will be... 
kind of his last official visit up here. So, you know, I think it's worth mentioning how much we appreciate Joel. Sorry to be losing him, but we've got a new person with the Coastal Conservancies who will be working with us moving forward. But I thought it was worth taking a moment to, to acknowledge Joel's Besides contributions. all the work that Joel's done on, on helping develop and fund restoration projects on the Bay, he also is the one that initiated all the sea level rise work on Humboldt Bay. And so he's really put a lot of time and a lot of his soul into Humboldt Bay. So he is going to be missed. And he's going to a different region, right? He's staying with the Coastal Conservancy. Yeah, which he's is- going down to Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> it's a promotion. Well, they're apparently. lucky. Uh, yep. <laughs> so then after a break later on Thursday afternoon, there will be a discussion of restoration on Elk River and working on dealing with the sediment impairment of that river, which is especially bad and a kind of a been an intractable problem for a while. Jay Stallman with Stillwater Sciences will be presenting on that. Um, and also a KHSU DJ, oh. Jay Stallman, ah. does the huh. Folklife Woodshed show on Sunday nights at ah. 7 p.m., I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Then another talk about the Elk River, the downstream in the tidal estuary, there's restoration going on. And Miles Slattery with the city of Eureka will talk about that. Followed by Kurt Robleck with U.S. Fish and Wildlife will talk about a Living Shorelines project on White Slough. And Living Shorelines is working to protect shorelines from storms and, and sea level rise instead of with concrete and hard infrastructure using things like salt marshes and, and actual living kinds of organisms that can have the advantage of being able to regenerate. You don't have to, when they're damaged, they're not damaged too badly. They can, you know, keep growing and repair themselves. So that's, and they also provide habitat instead of just being hard concrete. And then the last talk of Thursday will be looking at restoration in the Ocean Ranch unit of the Eel River Wildlife Area. And that'll be presented by Gordon Lepig with California Department of Fish and Wildlife. So that's a wrap for Thursday. And now we have all of Friday. <laughs> I think we're, I better, I better go faster. <laughs> so on Friday, the morning session is on ocean science and the afternoon is economic development. And we should say too that we'll post the links where people can go register. It's not free, but it's not expensive either. And you can get a ticket for one day or both days. Yep. Your lunch it's quite affordable about. and lunch is provided. <laughs> and we also have, Joe, you just told me there are some positions available for student volunteers if they want to go and help out, they get free admission. Yeah, just there are just a few slots left for students who want to sign up. If you volunteer for either a morning or afternoon, you get the rest of the conference to attend and, and enjoy the talks. So you have to choose the one you want to sit out and volunteer for, but the, the rest of it, including lunches, is is free. So trying to provide that opportunity for Okay, and I'll post all the information online, how to get in touch with you if people want to volunteer. So, Okay, so let's go through what are the highlights on Friday. On Friday, there will be a talk by Jeff Black in the the kickoff of the morning session looking at river otters and a project he's doing that merges citizen science, which is folks can report to him when when and where they see otters, but with some citizen art, which is decorating these really neat otter statues. So that's that's kind of a cool, cool project. Get the scientists out of their silos. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Eric Bjorkstedt with NOAA Southwest Fisheries Science Center will talk about, give it kind of an overview of the regional ocean climate. He works on 
a lot of the ocean observing instruments that are out there, does oceanographic cruises, and also looks at krill, which is a major part of the food chain for all kinds of things, including salmon. And so he'll be talking about what he's seen sort of historically and more recently, which is a really valuable perspective. And also looks like he's going to talk about the domoic acid yes. and Dungeness crabs, yep. which is a very concerning situation. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then I'll talk about a project I'm doing focused on ocean acidification, which is the, the ocean, well, is growing more acidic because carbon emissions, about a third of the carbon we emit dissolves, carbon dioxide dissolves into the ocean and makes the water more acidic. And that makes it harder for things like oysters to build their shells. And one thing that we're looking at is how much the eelgrass in Humboldt Bay may actually absorb some of that carbon dioxide and sort of counteract that effect. So that's, uh, that's a project we're doing that also involves some monitoring of eelgrass to sort of document where it is and, and see whether it's changing its distribution. I'm particularly excited to learn about that. Yeah, it's, Can't it, wait to hear your talk. Yeah, it's neat. I'm working with a bunch of, a bunch of folks, including folks from Humboldt State on that project. So. And then there'll be a talk looking at using drones to get really high-resolution monitoring of eelgrass. That's Will and Gilkerson with Merkel and Associates. Let's see. Then we'll have a couple talks looking at monitoring of marine protected areas for using one using catch-and-release fishing and another using scuba diving by Jay Staten and Chris Teague with Humboldt State University. And then... There'll be a talk by Mike Wallace, who's retired from California Department of Fish and Wildlife, talking about 15 years of coho salmon monitoring on Humboldt Bay and looking at the effects of restoration of streams and how, how effective that is in helping coho recover. So wow. that'll be really neat to see. That'll be great. Well, the last session focuses on economic development. There'll be a talk by Larry Ecker, the director of the Humboldt Bay Harbor District, as well as other folks with the district, Bernadette Cluett and Stephen Coleman, talking about a bunch of things the Harbor District is up to, which has been re- really busy. <laughs> the next talk will be about this proposal by Nordic Aqua Farms to develop this big land-based aquaculture at the, the Harbor District Marine Terminal 2. And that's by Eric Heim and Marianne Nace with Nordic Aqua Farms. And then Sharon Kramer with HD Harvey Associates will talk about the process for the development of offshore wind, which is not something that for sure is going to happen here, but in the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management is going through the process of deciding which sites might be open up for a federal leasing. So that's you know not something that's going to happen tomorrow, but within the next 10, 10 years it may. So Sharon will provide a, a, a nice overview of that process. Then Miles Slattery with the City of Eureka will talk again about the recent 2017-2018 dredging of the Eureka Marina. Then we've got the fishing community sustainability plans, or there's a fishing community sustainability plan that's been developed for the Eureka Fishing Port. That effort was led by Lori Richmond, but it'll be presented by Laura Casali with Strategic Earth Consulting and Rob DeMichelle of City of Eureka, who were both graduate students with Lori to, to conduct this project. And that's looking at sort of what, what are the challenges and opportunities to help this remain a viable and vibrant fishing port. Yeah, and Lori's students, Lori and her students and consultants, just had this study published in a publication just the other day. And so Laura Casali and Rob DuMichel are some of the co-authors on that paper with Lori Richmond. 
So I'll post that along with our radio show so people can have a look at that peer-reviewed study. Congratulations to all of them for getting that published. Yeah. And then the final talk of the symposium will be something I think is especially neat. It'd be an update from Hank Seaman with Humboldt County Public Works on the progress and plans for the trails in the region, including the you know completion of the north end of the, the Bay Trail down to Bray Cut, and then sort of what's going on with the now planning for the, the final section that will connect Eureka and Arcata, which is, I think that's fantastic. And, and I think you'll also talk a little bit about the the Great Redwood Trail and, and I think the Annie Mary trail mm-hmm. up to blue lake so there's i think that's a, a ending on a high note yeah yeah something that I think <laughs> a lot of people really anticipate and can't can't wait for those things to to happen and then we'll finish off with a, a poster session which has a whole another slew of really interesting presentations from a lot of you know similar content but but different topics and it's it'll be i think i'm really excited for it and the poster session will be from 4.30 to 6. Yep. And we'll be there. Humboldt Baykeeper will be there with a poster on our Mercury study of fish and shellfish in the Humboldt Bay area. And we'll have our our guidelines that we develop from that study, as well as compiling other data that people may be familiar with. And so can people come to the poster session if they can't make it to the symposium? Yes. Okay, yes. that's good because... You know, a lot of people who work full-time will not be able to attend the symposium because it's during work hours. But if they can, they, they should still drop by the poster session. And, yep. and a lot of the people who are presenting at the symposium will be there. And I'm assuming there will be some barbecued oysters, as there usually are. Yeah. <laughs> Coast Seafood, Greg and Coast Seafood have, are planning to provide oysters, which we really appreciate. Also appreciate the support of Baykeeper for the symposium. So, Oh, that's right. We're a you, sponsor. You are a sponsor, um, so thanks. Yeah, it's, well, you know, I just have to say it's so exciting to have the symposium, you know, just having everybody focusing on Humboldt Bay and talking about all the exciting work that's being done. And even though the second half of Friday looks kind of like my to-do list, <laughs> but that's okay. It's always good to learn more about those projects that are being proposed and talk to the people outside of a formal, you know, public hearing is good too. So yeah, I was just at a Pacific Region Waterkeeper Retreat in Marin last week, and I'm just thinking to myself how fortunate I am to live in a watershed that has so many scientists, sociologists, restorationists, tribes who are all focused on Humboldt Bay and restoring it, protecting it, promoting sustainable economic development that isn't you know damaging to the bay so many wonderful things people it's really i feel so fortunate <laughs> okay well thank you so much for being on the eco news report if people want more information is there a way you can just tell people where to go in case they forget to go look at our our post of the show probably the easiest thing i could spout off or or rattle off our our web address but you could probably just google california sea grant like sea as an ocean and humble bay symposium Mm -hmm. and that will get you there and that has the link to the registration page the program and all the the info you need Mm -hmm. and of course on facebook as well yep it's a facebook event too okay great so that'll be april 11th and 12th at the warfinger building in eureka the 2019 Humboldt Bay Symposium. 
This has been the Eco News Report. My name is Jennifer Kalt of Humboldt Baykeeper, and I've been your host for the past half hour. I was speaking with Joe Tabersi and Alderon Laird about the Humboldt Bay Symposium. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. If you'd like to replay this interview or share it with others, you can go to the KHSU archives at khsu.org, and also you can podcast our shows at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The Eco News Report is produced at Humboldt State University in cooperation with the North Coast Environmental Center. And thank you so much, Fred McLaughlin, for engineering, as always. Join us again next week for the Eco News Report.